Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we're going to talk about art, spirituality, mindfulness, all that stuff, all the the un what is that unseen stuff that sure. comes with our art. Yeah, the um, intangible, which actually I just want to kick this off by saying spirituality, right? So this is a term that um, can be, it can be divisive yeah. uh, and it can evoke feelings for or against in really strong ways. And so I thought we would just kick off this podcast by defining what spirituality what, means to us. Yeah, what we mean by spirituality, yeah, because everybody's going to have their, their own definition. So in the context of this podcast, when it comes to spirituality, we mean like that connection. Yeah, so my way of defining spirituality um, in a way that is inclusive for everyone is an exploration of aspects of us. So spirituality for me would be an exploration of the more intangible aspects of us, just like science would be an exploration of maybe the more tangible material aspects of us. And I believe that those two things can live beautifully in concert with one another. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so in the spirit of exploration, that's how I go into this journey into art and spirituality. I mean, the truth the truth of the matter, Yoshana said, woot, foot tambourine night. <laughs> yeah, so we just made the announcement on here. Um, and by the way, you guys, if you're um, listening to this, we are here with our amazing rogue artists. So if you hear us reading comments, um, that's who we're reading the comments from. We're not just talking to ourselves. We're talking to an awesome community of artists that always have great insight, great questions to add to these podcasts. So, um, yeah, I made the we made the announcement that tonight we're going to be having our um, live stream, our music band practice live stream. And this Friday we are releasing a new song. Indeed. And um, with that song at 6 p.m. comes the... The music video. Music video that we're going to be premiering that night. So uh, tonight is the, the music band practice live stream and Yoshana is going to be bringing her foot tambourine. Indeed, which foot I love. Foot tambourine night. I love that it. That drives her cats crazy. That's <laughs> true. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so our awesome rogues are here and for everybody that's listening to this, thank you for listening and let's get, let's get more into it. So spirituality for me is one of those things where it's an internal investigation of myself, my connection to me, my connection to the world, my connection to people around me, my connection to the universe, my connection to the unseen, Right. um, you know, just, just the, the whole aspect of being a human and being being the best human that you could be, whatever that means. You know, I love tying human with humanity. Like just that there, you have this beautiful word, right, that that is tied into being a human being and humanity. Like when you when you have humanity, you have empathy, you have compassion, you have all these things. Mm-hmm. And usually that goes hand in hand with wisdom and and all those things that I think that art really, really does provide and bring to the forefront, um, not only as an artist, but as somebody that like is looking deeply into a work of art. Mm-hmm. And wherever those connections come from, nature, the universe, a deity, a consciousness, yeah. however you define it. 
Jenny said, universe, interesting. I call the energy of the universe. Yeah, the energy of the universe. Mm-hmm. Kelly says, spirituality is me getting to be a full-time artist when I'm dead. <laughs> oh, Kelly. <laughs> It'll happen before then, Kelly. It's already happening. So, you know, you're, 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 you're reaching that level. You are doing it. Yeah. Tish said, my favorite Rafi and Klee song ever, for real. Thank you, yeah, Tish. The I Fold My Underwear. Well, I, it's going to be exciting releasing that. To me, there is no and. Art is my spirituality. Yeah, Tish, that's that's very, very well said. And I have a few things written down here that I wanted to talk about. So the first thing I have written down is the journey. You know, art has been an integral part of a great representation of spirituality for centuries. I mean, everything that we know about anything when it comes to history and the way that people lived and, you know, the things that they believed is based on art. We've got, you Mm -hmm. know, from, from the hieroglyphs, from the Egyptians, which is a language. And that's one of the things that I love connecting with art that sometimes people miss because, you know, when we're, when I'm talking about putting yourself out there and I talk about sharing your story, um, it's easy for people to separate art from language, but art is a visual language. And you see that really well with Egyptian hieroglyphs and a lot of like the Babylonian uh, the writing and, and stuff like that and all the sculptures that represented um, all kinds of different deep spiritual connections that people had over the ages and I, when I look at that and I look at my art that I'm creating now and I think of how my art, no matter what it is, is a representation of my journey through life, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing more spiritual to me than that. Like my journey through life from insecure corporate dude to crazy bandana wearing artist now and like all of that captured in these this visual language that I create and it doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be a painting of a sunflower. There is significance and meaning there because why else would I get into flow and paint a sunflower, right? Now, there is a lot of art out there that is like, well, you know, I'm going to do this for the money. And sure, that's that's where things get lost. That's where it becomes more like a job. And it goes into that more tangible side versus that intangible side and expressing the intangible Um, but when you allow yourself to get in that flow and you're creating something, no matter what it is, it could be a painting, visual language, um, music, audio language, film, film. I think sometimes that my favorite artwork bridges the tangible and the intangible, right? There's elements that explore the tangible and there's elements that explore the intangible. Yeah. Cause you got to think about it. Like how many times have you watched a movie and then you find yourself like crying, Right. Mm -hmm. Secretly crying where you're like, I'm not crying, you know, but you're like crying. You're you're crying. crying. And it's not even like a sad scene. It might be one of those scenes where the hero overcomes their own personal challenges Mm -hmm. or for the first time ever in the film, they believe that they are capable. Mm -hmm. Right. They believe in themselves. Yeah, that gets me in the feels. Yeah. And, 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 (laughs) you know, you got to think of you got to think of that language happening in that way. Well, that happens with music as well. It happens with books. You know, it happens with art. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody standing in my booth in tears looking at a work of art because something about that work just 
hit them right in the feels. And to me, there's something so spiritual about that. Like, just that that connection. It is interesting. I've had conversations with people at shows and you feel where I felt the connection so strongly in a positive way that it made my eyes well up a little bit. Um simply because the connection was made and yeah. both parties feel it and it's interesting to think of like well that that is fascinating what is it you know wh- what is it that makes us do that and feel that and how can we like translate that into well it's easy it's you know i think that it's easy for people to have um a very black and white view of what spirituality is and you know, as we said before, you know, and that's that's fine because that's everybody has the right to believe whatever it is that they mm-hmm. believe. But for me, it's like it's it's everything. You know, Leith says art and stories are a part of my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like your language, your voice, you being able to put yourself out there and interact with the world to me is is like a spiritual journey. I could say that from putting myself out there with my art and really starting to connect and share who I am, that it's been, you know, you, you, it comes with a lot of awakenings and awareness and moments in my life where I overcame something that I didn't think was possible. There's something very, very powerful about that mm-hmm. that goes deeper than just like, oh, I sold my art, you know, like that's, it's much more, it's much more powerful. And when you look at history and you look at the the paintings or the films or the music that really resonated with a lot of people, and you you feel this almost like um, spiritual moment when it comes to that. So yeah, transcending it's, through time. Transcending through time. I recently had the pleasure of listening to um, a person play the oldest known song in human history and um what it was is it was like a stone tablet with a set of instructions on like the instrument how to play it and even lyrical content and so the person played it on a lyre string instrument and um and it was just instrumentation and then they had the lyrics like there so you could read them and I was like, I'm listening to something that was written like so long ago that it's hard to quantify like a human wrote this song. And it was very spiritual in nature. It was about that intangible aspect of life and wondering and questioning and exploring. Yeah. And I was like, this is so like intense. It's like thousands and thousands of years old, but it transcends that that thing that is time which is also kind of a material construct (laughs) when you think about it yeah and it's so cool to think about it like that was one person in their world in their timeline right when you Mm -hmm. think about it like there is no such thing as vehicles there was no such thing as computers there was no such thing as uh electricity you know all the things that we think about today that are a part of our common life this is a person that, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, you know, art and stuff like that, none of that matters, you know, and especially like back then when you're thinking a lot of people were in survival mode. A lot of people are in survival mode now, so they look at certain things as important and they look at other things as not important. But I think that they don't make the connections 
of what is what, right? I've run into a lot of people that don't have an appreciation for art because they just don't see the need. And yet these same people are the people that surround themselves with other things because they need that, right? They'll have the good luck charm or the trinket or something like that. They apply meaning to something that the meaning's not expressed outright, but it does have a language to them. Mm -hmm. And I found that even uh, cultures going back throughout history that were in survival mode still created art. Oh, yeah. Every culture, that's how we know every culture. That's how we know that they existed is yeah. through the art that they left behind, whether it was architecture or music. I mean, think of all the amazing yeah. music stuff that was created by Mozart and Beethoven still are part of a catalog today that we could listen to. I mean, art predates <clears throat> writ- written language. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does tell our story. And that's the thing about that's the thing about art. Right. Is that. It goes beyond words. And I don't mean that like where it's, uh, you know, not that you can't use words to whatever, but sometimes there aren't the words to describe. I think about that in a poem or in a story where you're talking about the emotions of the person. And even though you're not there, you almost can visualize it or you're looking at a painting and there are things there that you can't describe. I can't describe why this mm-hmm. painting makes me feel this way or a song. Words that are artfully strung together somehow produce more meaning yeah. than the to- the you know the than their parts. Um, that was not eloquently said. That's hilarious. That <laughs> yeah, I was trying to express that. You were talking that. about stringing words together. Do not use this example. <laughs> Valerie said, I need to find that ancient song. Yeah, if you do a search for, like, the oldest song in recorded history, you should be able to pull it up. Um, And for you rogues, I'll share the link with you on our community page. Tish said, everything I create is part of me. Therefore, a part of the universe I create to get more into myself and connect to the positive energies that surround me. Art is the byproduct of this connection. Art is the byproduct of this connection. That resonates with me. That really does resonate. Uh, Leah said, it's it's exploring what you don't know, whether it's about yourself or about the vast universe we live in. At least that's my take on spirituality. I totally feel that. I consider myself to be a very, very curious being when it comes to the tangible and intangible. Like I want, like I'm a total physics nerd. I want to understand the mechanisms of the universe and of beings, but I also want to understand the more unknowable, intangible, not unknowable, the more intangible things. And I always am so curious to to find areas where these two things fit together. Where and, they intersect. And, and art yeah. is really one of those strong areas. And now in this, these times, as we see art embracing science and science embracing artistry, a little more it's like there's more of those crossover points for those of us who believe that those two worlds fit together right and that is exciting it's pretty it's pretty amazing because it's something that's that's always been there we've always you know talked about being in the flow whenever you're in a state of creation and i think about that and i think of how so many things that i've created you know afterwards somebody will be like well you know why did you how did you create that or whatever and for the most part, for me, it's like, well, I just, it just kind of came together. It's this relationship 
that I have with the materials, with the canvas, with the universe, with whatever it is that's going on in my life, my thoughts, everything. It's it's an amalgamation of everything coming together. And then you're in that flow state where you're just allowing yourself to just go wherever it takes you. Mm -hmm. And you end up creating something that hindsight, when you stop and you look at it and you really, really investigate, you you start to see these these sides of you. You know, you, you might see like some of your doubts, your fears, your overcoming part of your journey is in there. Part of you is in there. And I think I think that no matter what, there's a part of us in everything that we create everything that we create definitely if i had to like um look over my like whole entire body of work i would say that like so many of my pieces especially the ones that just came out of me are about personal growth yeah like pretty hardcore and um and i'll look at them and be like whoa (laughs) you know whether i had the skill set or not like there they were. And I think it's funny because you can't separate the the challenges either, right? So like maybe you're you're really, really having a challenge with the piece because you're worried about oh what the outcome is gonna be mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you get yourself pulled out of that flow and then you get back in the flow and then mm-hmm. you're pulled out of the flow. And it and to me it's like this is it's very symbolic of just the journey. The journey that we have in life let alone just creating, you know, one work of art or creating a book or creating a song. Totally. Um, Yoshana's like one of the challenges I'm seeing with fellow writers is staying true to yourself. I've seen so many write things that are the opposite of what they believe, but they want the money. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I believe that to do so is a fruitless pursuit. Yeah. I really do. I maybe, and I understand survival mentality and I understand the desire to earn money. Of course, we all want to earn money, but going against your core self um, in order to acquire money, I do believe ultimately is a fruitless pursuit. Yeah. It. So this weekend, um, a podcast is going to go live on the Rogue site and it's all about my fruitless pursuit this week. And where money happened to take over my motivation without me knowing it and what that felt like and how you quickly go into a downward spiral, right? You think of a lot of people that go and and you're doing something for the money, right? You, oh, I need a job. And you go get a job and it doesn't matter what job it is. You're just like, well, whatever, whatever is going to make me money. And that's fine. You gotta, you gotta, gotta make money somehow. But then you get into this job and you try to apply some kind of meaning to it. And in a lot of cases, you know, the truth of the matter is, you are only doing this because you want to make money. And any meaning that you apply is almost like lying to yourself about who you are, right? And for a lot of us, it's like you gotta understand. What we do in life, we, you know, it is part of that spiritual journey. So you want to find that connection with what you do and what you put out there or what you're doing from day to day. And sometimes it just feels empty. And and I know that because I've had many jobs where the challenge where when I first started of like, oh, I'm going to learn this or whatever, it starts fading away. And then you're left with the reality that like, I'm not doing this because I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I feel that I have to. And that's the thing when it comes to art or writing or, you know, any of it, 
if you're doing something because you feel that you have to, then you're going to get pulled in all kinds of wrong directions. And you're going to lose that grip of that flow that you're in, right? Everything becomes more robotic. You're just kind of going through the motions versus connecting. Like um, Cruz says here, uh, transference of energy. Mm -hmm. You know, at that point, it's it's almost like you're just empty. You're giving, 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 but you're not getting anything in return. Yeah, I find myself uh, even saying, even as recently as yesterday, I don't want to do this like this anymore because it feels forced and it feels fake. And that's essentially what I'm saying is like, by doing this, I'm pinching off that creative flow, that otherness, that that indefinable thing that flows through us when we're in the flow, transference of energy, I would argue is the foundation of everything in the universe and reality as we know it. And creating art, breathing, eating. (laughs) Basically everything. Physical and non-physical. And whether it's physical or non-physical, you can feel transference of energy through conversation, through touch, through all the sensory, even the, the, the more mysterious sensory, um, experiences and you can pinch it off when you're not when you're not approaching things most definitely most definitely and you know you know when you're not you're not in a good place you know with with me with the podcast that's going to be coming up like i was physically exhausted Mm. and i wasn't feeling well and every day just felt more and more like a struggle and i essentially downward spiraled into a place where everything seemed meaningless, right? That's that's a place that a lot of people go to. The reason that everything seemed meaningless was because I was cut off from that that version of me that is connected to these things, to the reasons why I do things, to mm-hmm. the to my own humanity, essentially. That sounds very dramatic, but it's, you know, that's that's I want to give when I'm creating something, but I also want that creation to give in return, right? It's it's a give and take type of thing. Gobble said, my songs uh, literally bubble up out of nowhere. It literally takes no thought process at all. I love that. I, I am fascinated by stream of consciousness creating in song format. Most of the time, songs are birthed out of that bubbling up endless font. And then it's like you either open the tap and let it flow through or you have other sh- stuff going on and you ignore it. I've done both. Um, or, you know, or the whole song bubbles out of you at once or just a piece of it. And then if you give it your attention, it continues to trickle out. Um, it's so interesting. I feel like most creations are that way, whether they're musical or otherwise. Um, and that's fascinating to me. Allie said, I went to my first gallery opening and I got in a convo with one of the people who bought my art. All the inspiration behind it was what drew him to it. And he expressed everything I felt making it. Wow. Transference of energy. Exactly. Now, isn't that cool when somebody taps into that and it's like it's resonating at the same in the same way for them as it might have been for you, but through their perspective filter? But somehow, at its fundamental level, it's the same. And that's the thing. That's So I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to art, you know, selling your art, people listening to your music, people reading your books, all that stuff, you're going to have the naysayers out there that say, well, that's not going to happen, right? That's the kind of story 
that you experience as an artist, mm-hmm. right? Where someone connects with your art and then they're having a conversation with you and they are resonating with everything that was behind the artwork that you created. And you both know it. And you both know it. And then there are people out there that's like, well, it's just a coincidence or that's just blah, blah, blah. That's just blah. Because it's just not part of a tangible world that they could wrap their hands around or their their mind around, right? Whereas when you are doing this journey and you're putting your artwork out there and someone connects with your artwork and someone is telling you their reasoning, why it is that they connect with the artwork and you start to really, really see that there is a connection there, right? Not only between you and the art, but now this person. And it's it's almost like you're not in a bubble. You start to realize that that bubble extends out towards people around you. Sure, there are people outside of that bubble that are like, that's not possible. But then there are many, many people that are within that that bubble of spiritual consciousness. I don't know, whatever whatever you want to call it. Yeah, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, Valerie says, I often wonder where my art comes from. Long ago, it frightened me that I'd never be able to create something again because I didn't know how I did it, but it's always there again. Oh, I've yeah. experienced that, Valerie, yeah. to be like so um, so enthralled with something that came from that place and to wonder if you'll ever do it again. And it's cool to me that you never quite do it again exactly the same, right? Because it's always evolving and it's always becoming more, I feel like. I think that that's and, a really good place to be. Yeah, I, I love it. So it's it's like, okay, that may never happen again in the same way, but that process will happen again and it will lead to something new um, every time. And that's exciting. That's that, super exciting. That is exciting. I think, I think for a lot of people, I would say that the reason that that fear comes up, cause I would be, I would be familiar with, with that from back in the day. Now I'm like, people are like, so how did you do that? I'm like, not really sure. I don't know. You know, and I love it because it's part of the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I think back in the day, I, I, I felt like I needed to tell people like, Everything was very deliberate. Everything. Everything that I do with my art is very deliberate. I added this because it's deliberate. You know, with with a song, this is I do this here because it's deliberate. It's it's meant to symbolize blah 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 blah. And there might be some aspects here and there that are like that, but for the most part, it just comes together on its own. And there's something magical about that. And at this point now, like I don't need to explain my art, like how I created it. It's like I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I mixed some texture and it, it did this thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I went with that. Um, that's about it. I, I love, who was it? Was it uh, Phil Collins? Phil Collins talked about this with his music. Yeah. So, of course, Phil Collins is known throughout the world. And he's regarded as, you know, a music legend. And his songs have been translated into more languages than I can count on two hands. And they asked him, they sat him down and they were like, what's up, Phil? What's your songwriting process? You are a songwriting powerhouse. And Phil said the same thing that I (laughs) do. Which is like, I don't know, I just latch on to something. It's like the seed of an idea, and it builds from there. He's like, sometimes I just like the, you know, I just liked the thing that my keyboard player was playing, and I just played with it. And then next thing you know, a song started building itself, and it's like, or, ooh, I like that rhythm on drums, or, and it just, like, 
it just piece comes by together. Piece. Yeah. And I was like, Phil Collins doing it like everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like that, but that's the thing. It's like when it comes to art, it's the same thing. Yeah. You, you look at something, you're like, oh, that's really cool. Maybe you're inspired by a painting. Maybe you're inspired by some subject matter or you're having a conversation and an image comes to your mind and you're like, oh, that's really cool. That's those are the things that you jump on and you have no idea what direction they're going to go in. Right. You have no idea. You just kind of go where it leads. And I, I feel like that's where you're in the flow. It's when I, I know that I found that when I'm overthinking stuff, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm in my mind. I'm like, this needs to be like this and it needs to be like that. And I've sketched out some stuff that looks really cool. But when you stop and you look at it, you're like, there's no feeling there. It looks really cool, but there's no feeling there. And it doesn't go anywhere. And Clea, it's awesome that Clea is with me because Clea would be like, I don't know what you're trying to say with this. Yes, you've technically executed this in a proficient manner, but the message is not being conveyed. Yeah, exactly. Um, and look, I'm I'm a fan of um, technical execution yeah. of your skill set as well. I believe just like the tangible and intangible, both things come together to facilitate the birth of a work of art, right? The, the physical skill set and being in that flow. Um, Leah said, this convo makes me realize that I'm more connected to my writing because I know what I want from it, but I'm not as connected with my art because I'm new to it and I'm not sure what I can get from it. Now, that can be a powerhouse too, Leah, because when you're not quite sure what you want from it and it's like you just kind of let it bubble up in this free flow kind of stream of consciousness way, you might be surprised with yep. some... When I first started making jewelry and I had no idea what I was doing and I was not doing anything the right way, I created some crazy cool stuff that like me now would never like think of had I not done it 10 years ago. And I look at those creations and I'm like, gee, I'd like to tackle that again with the skill set I have now. But that's the that's the challenge that Picasso gave himself. Yeah. Right. So I'm really technically efficient at doing this. Uh, now I need to retrain myself to be a child and play, mm-hmm. right? Because it's hard sometimes. It's very easy once you know how to do a thing, and it becomes mental and becomes that mental process of point A, point B, then step C, and it's you know, a trap. all this stuff. <laughs> it's easy to get trapped into that, right? So where you veer off of that road, and you lose your divergence when you do that, right? Artists are divergent. You look at something and you're like, I could probably make 15 things out of that. I don't know what it is. Or you look at a situation you're like, I could figure out 15 different solutions to this. I don't know if they'll work, but here they are. You know, they're they're offbeat, don't make sense to most people. But when you follow a process where you're like, I know how to get from point A to point B, it's easy to get trapped in just that one road. And then everyone else starts taking that road. And that's that's basically what the world, that's why it's like, if you want to become a full-time artist and make $100,000 a year, this is a proven method, right? Blah! And it's like, everybody's doing it. There's nothing original. There's nothing divergent about it. You're just learning how to go from point A to point B when you have an entire forest. You don't have to follow the path that is well-worn. You could explore i know and and find new ways of getting there if there's any truth in like what we are at our core it is that we are curious explorers yeah most definitely valerie said i so agree with what you're saying this is exactly how it was for me working in the corporate world and not following my art 
you are speaking my experience and my idea of spirituality. Oh, that's awesome, Valerie. Kirkman said, I have a piece in the works that expresses the struggle of giving when you are struggling within. I'm handing out a fresh flower while clutching a dying flower to my chest. Oh, that's... that's, That gave me the... The, the goosebumps wow. in that I I understand that that conveys yeah and I think that that will be a powerful piece of artwork yeah Cruz said or uh, to put it another way I think we transfer our high frequency energy to others through our creations therefore raising the vibrations for all for the world well said yeah our friend uh, locally here who is a brilliant wonderful opera diva says she feels like she harnesses raw energy and then she channels it through her body and then when she sings it outward she's not only filling herself up but she's like giving that projecting it out out and that it benefits everyone in her vicinity and I agree that's what it feels like for me to share the artwork, the singing or the visual arts or whatever they may be. Gowell says, I was listening today how the song Sweet Dreams Are Made of These came into being. Very cool. I don't know the story behind that song, but that song always, it's on one of our radio stations, yeah. it always catches my attention. Yoshana said, a girl I listened to this AM on a podcast just lost her job. Insurance was ending Dad had throat cancer. D&D book is helping her survive. We never know what we make, how what we make will help someone. Yeah, True. exactly. Exactly. I, you know, we've had the benefit of putting out a lot of videos, books, podcasts, things like that. And a lot of the emails that we'll get are from people that something made a huge difference for them. And in a lot of cases, like, you know, with videos and with stuff like that, like, I want to try and help people if they they have. But really, a lot of it is just conversation, just having a conversation and just talking about stuff. And it it always surprises me how something, you know, I think one of them was like your dad jokes video. And how it had such an impact on that person because it was just what they needed that morning. And I'm like, it's amazing. You never know, right? Because you could set out to be like, I'm going to save the world, you know? And like, then all of a sudden everything is all serious and it's like this mission or whatever. And I'm like, there's... you, you gotta be you. You gotta be you. Yeah, that's and that's a lesson that took a while for me, and like coming from a place of like wanting to be as helpful as possible, and like all the time, and understanding that like that doesn't look a certain way. It doesn't look the way I thought it looked um, years ago, and that just putting yourself and your creations out there, however which way is true is is doing the that's like that's doing it that's enough yeah that that might help someone you know and if it helps one person that's awesome Allie said i was doubtful anyone would care about my art it was among work of 40 other artists but the more i shared the more people were coming around looking and listening it gave me a lot of confidence Allie, that's great um i'm gonna i'm gonna fight you for a moment right so you're like i have my artwork up among 40 other artists and there's something there that like totally speaks of what's common in the world which is competition mm-hmm. right that is not how artwork of any kind works even if people want to 
um, do our competitions or music competitions or like this is better, this is better. And really at the end of the day, all of that stuff is meaningless. You cannot compare your art to 40 other artists that were with you because it is 40 original works of art that have come into being from that person that's creating it. And I have never gone to a place and seen 40 works of art, right, and compared them to one another. You know what I mean? Like, if I am walking into an artist's booth, that's their artwork. That's their style. I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to look at their art. Maybe it's artwork that I'm like, oh, I don't really resonate with this, but it doesn't mean that their artwork is worse than the other person's artwork. It just means I don't resonate with that artwork. And so that mentality just cuts you off. It cuts you off from the beauty of being an artist um, because there is no competition. There just isn't any competition. And I, I veered off subject there. It's but just, meant with love. Yes. Yeah. Gobbles said, Phil is free. Phil Collins. Phil is free. And that's where the genius comes from. Exactly. Phil is free. And Phil plays. Yep. It's called playing music, not working music. That's right. It's not like, <laughs> oh, I'm got to work work music right now. I will say, like, I got to work this part or whatever. I should change that. Yeah. I got to um, play this part. Allie said it gave her confidence because the art was beyond me, so it took the pressure off. The art was meant to be found by the peeps, and I'm just the messenger. And that's that's how it works, Allie. With every work of art that you create, you create it, and then you put it out there, and you let it live out there, and eventually the person that that artwork was meant for will find it. That's, I that's, fully agree. That's how I am with all my art. That's why there are some pieces that I have here that I've had for nine years, right? That that are from the beginning of my career. A few, a few of them. And people are like, oh, well, what do you do with that art? I'm like, nothing. I just, I keep putting it out there because the person that it belongs to hasn't found it yet. That's all. Like, I'm not going to murder my art. Yeah, what am I going to do? Oh, you haven't sold, so it's do the guillotine with you. My caveat here is I agree with all of that, but I do think that we're more than just the messenger. Yeah. And I think that there's such a beautiful thing. All these ideas are floating around in, in reality in the universe, right? And and they're intangible. When they're ideas, they're not in physical form, right? And then whether you whether you believe that you create one it, with the power of your mind or you believe that an idea finds you in your sphere of consciousness and comes through you, there's a reason, I think, that ideas come through us to be manifest in the tangible world, right? Ideas come through us because it's this concert of the unmanifest, the intangible, in cooperation with our physicality and our our bodies and our minds, essentially. And when you come together with an idea, you manifest it in a way that no other human could through your unique filter. You're more than just the channel through which things flow you are you are also all of it the creator you are the creator yes you're the collaborator with it if the idea came through me it would be different than if the idea came through rafi yeah it would absolutely the end result would be completely different it's important to note that that you are as uniquely exquisite as the ideas themselves and you're not just a conduit this is meant to be i believe it's meant to be this way yeah right 
And, and it's that beautiful concert between the tangible and intangible that make it so delicious to me. That's a good way. That's a, that's a perfect, I could not have said that better. Kelly said, since the debacle with my day job started, I have had a crushed spirit and have been emotionally exhausted and haven't been in the studio in weeks. How does one break out of that funk? Kelly, so, I feel for you, man. I feel for you. So the thing with your job started, um, you know, so this this goes into my, when it comes to energy and your energy, and you take, take that however you want. When your spirit feels crushed, and I could say this because this is what I was feeling this week, right? Where it's like, nothing matters. I don't want to get in the studio. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the point? The When you're looking at your emotions, think of your emotions as energy, right? So that is a very low, right? There's not much that you could do from that place. There isn't anything there that is going to energize you. When it comes to me feeling in that way, the best thing I could do little by little is get to a point where I bring in some kind of heightened emotion, some kind of heightened thing that is going to contradict this blog emotion, mm -hmm. right? And the only thing that really, really um, kicks the ass of feeling discouraged right? Feeling hopeless. That's basically what it is. You feel hopeless. You feel discouraged. You're in this low place is anger, right? But I'm not talking about just anger, just getting mad and like blowing off steam. I am talking about positive implementation of anger against that emotion, right? So you get to the depths of it. Well, what's the point? Well, what do you mean? What's the point? You get mad. You get mad. Of course this matters to me. Who gives a shit if these people have their own agenda and they're deciding that's not the end all be all for you. Your journey has not ended there. You still have stuff that's in you that you're going to create and you're going to put out there and you're going to figure out a different way. You're going to find a different way of putting yourself out there. Sure, that got taken down, but that has no standing or bearing on who you are and how powerful you are. You do not let them decide what your fate is when it's your art career. You do not let them cause you to not go into the studio and create when you know that that's a part of you. I am not going to allow that to happen. And that's the thing. You got to you got to tap into that. That fire. They don't get to have that part of me. They don't get to have that it. part of me. Our neighbor said something when we first met her that I just thought was the greatest thing. She completely rearranged her schedule so that and it meant changing her sleep and wake times, but so that she was doing her artwork before going to her job. And basically what she said was I gave all to my artwork and the job could have whatever I had left. Yep. And that was it. And that was it. Because I wasn't going to give it away yeah. to the job. Yeah. And right. I was like, dang, that's good. It is good. It is good. <laughs> you can't, because the moment that you feel discouraged, you know, everything in the world is going to try. And I, and I get it, Kelly, everything in the world is going to try. You might 
you you could be with somebody that is not supportive. You have a job and they're not supportive. Maybe your friends or family are not supportive. And at the end of the day, what got me to where I am was just getting to that point where I was like, you know what? I'm not, this is, I'm not going to allow this to happen anymore. Life is way too damn short to allow anyone or anything or any institution to dictate how I'm going to live my life or what I'm going to do or how or whether or not I'm going to create art or make me feel bad. Like I am not going to allow anyone or anything out there to make me feel bad, bad enough where I'm not creating my art. I am a fucking badass. And it's just really becoming that cheerleader, becoming that person for yourself that just does not take any shit, does not take any shit from anyone Mm -hmm. and just becoming your own defender, I I guess I would say, you know, where it's like, you're not going to take that shit from anybody. Yeah, it is your own defender. Zero tolerance policy. I mean, I have certainly quit soul-sucking jobs in a blaze of glory because I was willing... Queen does. She she does. In a blaze of glory. Yeah, For real. I was more willing to struggle financially than I was willing to put up with bullshit. Plain and simple. And that was the long and short of it. Yo, Shauna said... This sounds like Dean Wesley Smith talking about writing into the dark. Let the story tell itself instead of plotting it out, which makes you control everything. Oh, yeah. Just let it happen. It's the same thing with my fictional stories, which I haven't released um, because I don't have any of them. But back in the day, I wrote fictional stories. And essentially what I would do is flesh out my characters. And then I would let them, I would throw them into into a scenario that sucked and then I'd let them deal with it. See what see what they do. Yeah, see what they do. And it was great because my characters would come to life and do things that were unexpected. You know, and and I love that. That's mm-hmm. that's what I when it comes to fiction, that's what I love about the process of writing fiction. And someday I might release you know, one of my a fiction book. That would be I think it would be cool. That'd be nerve-wracking. Rafi and I sat for four hours one time while he told me the entire plot of a work of fiction that he had written. And it's funny because he only had like bits and pieces of it when we started, but then more and more was coming back to him as I was engaged in the story and I was asking questions. I was in the flow. Mm-hmm. I was in the flow of the story and it was something that I had written 10 years earlier and it came back. Like, yeah. And at the end of it, I had sat and I had read a whole book narrated by Rafi and I was like that was a really good story yeah like I think other people would enjoy that story so I might write it someday spot on Clee said Cruz oh thank you Cruz working music lol that makes a great title I think of now dig this work by Iggy (laughs) (laughs) I like it Leah said as someone who has constant ups and downs what helps to get out of those lows is to go do something fun that will hopefully show you that life hasn't ended yeah yeah I, I agree with you, Leith, but I always have to implement that just just I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow myself to waste any time in my life feeling this way. Empowered not, anger. Yeah. Empower, empowered anger is what yeah that's what it that's a good name for it kelly said i didn't come up with that you did oh or i don't know if you did either it's a thing yeah i think it's your thing yeah it's your thing i think it is my thing um Kelly said, thank you. I needed that. Uh, awesome, Kelly. Ellie said, I wasn't competing. I was feeling less than everyone. I was just skeptical, but knowing I was just as good and we were all part of something cool. 
is, is what, what touched, touched me. me. Yeah. And it's not, Ellie, I'm not saying that you were outwardly competing. Competition works both ways, right? It's not like, oh, I want to be better than them. It, it is also feeling like you're less than, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in your mind, there's that competing aspect because if it wasn't there, you know, you would see everyone on the same playing field as you and everyone completely unique, you know, so everyone bringing something beautiful to the table. So I'm very happy that you had that experience where like that came up, but it's definitely something that I would, I would take a look at um, within my, that I take a look at within myself all the time. Right. Cause like, you know, we're, and it happens with everything. We're doing a seminar where we're giving some classes and, you know, I'm looking over it and there are other people there that are giving classes and immediately I'm like, it's this competition thing of like, what are they even going to talk about? You know, like, it's so like, I got to put myself in check. Well, yeah, because it's our natural inclination to do that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean it's wrong. You just shouldn't live there. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know that it's a natural inclination. I think it's a learned well, habit. Well, okay. A socialized habit. Socialized habit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gobble said, yes, angry about what isn't right and not going to shut up about it and fight back. Yeah. Cruz said, right on, Rafi. You don't get to have that part of me. Exactly. Exactly. Dish said, we're not going to take it. <laughs> we're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. J.G. Feller said, I always told my spouse the story of my novels, but I never, ever plotted. This meant sometimes I said WTF to something a character did. But it always worked right. Out. I I I always I love that. I had I had a character die. In oh, one of my and it stories. surprised you? Yeah, and I was like, no, I don't. You know, it was like then at that point, that's where the mind came in because I really like that character, and I was like, I need to figure out a way to save this character, but it just didn't work with the story. Like there was no that, like it hurt me. Yeah, you know. And then I was like, maybe I'll make this like a soap opera where that's an evil twin. And then the other one's down in a well There's or something. There's always a way back yeah. in fictional <laughs> works. Yoshana said, love it. I'm working on a short story and having a similar experience. Although it is a little annoying when one character be- brings a total new character in. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, like your character brought a friend to work that day. And you were like, who is this? And they're like, it's so-and-so, don't you know? That's hilarious. I've always been fascinated by character development as somebody who does not write fiction. And it all seems so magical and impossible to me. And I'm just fascinated endlessly by it. I love these stories of character development. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the thing. Like all the art, when you're in that flow, when you allow yourself to be in that flow and you don't overthink it. Think about the song that you worked on, right? I fold my underwear. Sure. You're sitting there folding your underwear and you're like, I don't know why. The character is moi. The character is you. And that's that's the reality. Like when we create art, sometimes the character is a projection of us. Sometimes it's a projection of an experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a projection of us through the eyes of another person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is a projection of us at a certain particular time in our lives and how we would have looked at a situation versus who we are now. It's so much more than just this two-dimensional thing of like, oh, you just, oh, so you're a good artist. You create blah, 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 blah. It is, it is 
Something that is much deeper than that. Most definitely. Sometimes it's all of the above that you just listed. Exactly. And it can be like, I think it's fun. Like Fools, um, Fools is fun for me, the song, because it is very lighthearted. And it also simultaneously taps into like some deeper stuff that I've worked on and struggled with. And so it's like those two worlds and it's being observed from this place of like almost two sides of the character, right? This girl who's pretty content to be like rigid in her ways, but also fantasizes about being completely like carefree. Right. Um, and, and recognizes that she is all of those things. Yeah. And all of those pieces. So we're getting to the end here. So I want to I wanna just, when it comes down to the art and the spirituality, really what I'm talking about is being in that flow state mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, like what you were telling Allie, you are not just a messenger. You are a creator. You are a creator. And I've always thought of my artwork creating art as a synonym for creating my life. In fact, in the Rogue Artist Survival Guide, I talk about the masterpiece. Your your biggest masterpiece is your life, mm-hmm. how you put your life together. And as an artist, we get to explore different concepts and allow ourselves to come in and out of flow state when we're creating um, and putting it out there, voicing our expression out into the world when we share our artwork or our song or our book or our poem or whatever it is, our photography. The way that we see the world is very, very unique. And that flow state that you're in allows you to connect out, right? So it's like this bubble expands out. And the only things that are allowed into that bubble, into that reality are the things that are like-minded, right? So it's like, there are so many things that we say here that we say in all of our videos that you could tie into the spiritual. When I say every work of art you create, if you haven't sold it, it's only because it hasn't found its person yet, Mm -hmm. right? The person that it belongs to hasn't found it yet, right? Somebody who is, you know, living in a very black and white analytical world was well that doesn't make any sense right but somebody who's out there constantly like us and putting ourselves out there and selling the work we've seen that happen yeah we've seen that happen where that artwork deserved this person and this person deserved the artwork because the connection was so strong and it it goes off into that place of this you know the the fantastical the magical And that's one of the reasons that, like, I love being an artist. I love being able to look at the world through a magical lens, right? I love being able to believe in magic like I did when I was a kid, believe that I could reach the stars. You know, somebody had said the other day, well, you know, you can't fly without having a mechanism. And I said, all you need to do is close your eyes and you could take flight. You know, it... There is no impossibility when it comes to what is actually possible in the world and the perspective and the way that you see it. Um, And I I feel like everything in this conversation from like what Kelly was going through to what Allie experienced to, you know, writing your stories and stuff like that. All of that, all of that stuff that we talked about here, it's all part of that 
journey, that spiritual spiritual journey of discovering yourself and who you are and how it is that you impact the world, you know, and dealing with those insecurities and going back and forth and like, you know, opening up different facets of yourself or, or going through the infinite onion that is you. And I think I think it's all part of it. When I think about why it is that we're here on this planet having this experience, I think to myself that this is, you know, it's not, it's a lot of people like to say like, well, it's a lesson, you know, or like, it's like you're in school or like you're, you you got to learn how to, and, I, and to me, I'm like, we're here to experience all of it, right? To experience all of it. There's a reason why I'm handed all these insecurities when I'm a kid from by my parents and by society and by like all that stuff, because I get to explore and really, really find out the depths of who I am in the way that I live my life, the way that I create my art, the way that I put that artwork out there, the way that I interact with people, whether they buy my art or not, the way that I behave when I'm rejected, the way that I behave when, um, you know, whether or not I speak my truth and use my voice and the things that I say with my voice, how it is that I say things, whether or not I decide that I need to change my tone or whatever it is. Like, I feel like it's all part of that journey and it's all part of that journey of creation and allowing yourself to be in the flow just how you are when you're in flow state. So that's most definitely that's that's my (laughs) that's my bringing it all around to to my my opinion of art and spirituality. I think that it's bigger than just the art that you create. I think it's all of it, all of it. The joy of exploring yeah. the tangible and the intangible in concert with one another. Yeah. So enjoy. Enjoy. Explorers. Yep. Leith said, I think I have a new look on my own work. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Cruz said, great podcast topic today. Thanks. Oh, yay. Zara said, could you start over? <laughs> she, she <laughs> Hi, just Zara. got here. Hi, Zara. I know I enjoyed this conversation. Um, as I hope you all did too. Lisa said, I came today out of lurking to let you know how important you both are in my outlook on art and life. Thank you, Lisa. She said, you have so many gems of wisdom and humor that connect. Thank you from the bottom of my soul. Oh, thank Thank you, you. Lisa. Thank you. Gobble said, my ultra ego is literally a time traveling alien name, Cygnus Bog. Sorry if I missed... You know, I think you name. did a pretty good job pronouncing uh, Who came from the opposite direction of the black hole in the center of our galaxy and picked up a signal of my mind, of my spirit. Excellent. Cool. <laughs> awesome podcast, said Kirkman. Glad I could make it. And has been drawn, added Gobbles. Uh, go- <laughs> Gobbles. And has been drawn to come find me through music. Awesome. Hugs to you. both of you. Thank well, you, Nanu. This was awesome, you guys. Thank you so much for your input. Uh, thanks to the Rogues for being here. You guys are absolutely amazing. Um, and I adore you. And before we leave, did you have anything you wanted to add? I already said it. Okay. So you'll have to rewind the tape if you missed it. It's not a tape. You're so old. Hey, man. I'm from a certain generation. Hey, man. That's not my bird. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for everybody out there that's listening to this. Hey, if you like this and you want to subscribe to more of our artist rambles and stuff like that, go ahead and click anywhere around here to subscribe. 
And other than that, would you like to say goodbye, Clee? Happy exploring and good day. <laughs> Adios.